Right now, we're in the African savanna on a beautiful, sunny summer morning, where we're witnessing a young Amazon PPC campaign in its natural habitat. This juvenile campaign is just two weeks old, newly birthed from Seller Central. You can tell this campaign has so much natural instinct with its fresh new auto-targeting ad groups. Watch closely. You can see already it's learning how to stand and grow, reporting on clicks, conversions, and ACOS. While it seems like this young campaign is healthy and strong, in its youth, it's extremely vulnerable and unprotected from lurking predators. Michael, look! On the horizon, a herd of fierce, irrelevant search queries are approaching. Ah, yes, Stephen. While these queries are dangerous, they don't attack like a lion or a jaguar. Instead, they are parasitic, slowly debilitating an Amazon campaign by draining its ad spend budget to death with low conversion rates. This poor young campaign, defenseless and completely unaware of the encroaching danger. Oh no! The predators have descended upon the campaign! And look! Here comes, galloping in the distance, a search term with 75 clicks and no conversions. This is surely the end of this young campaign. Aha! What's this? Suddenly appearing out of the brush! It's a fully grown ad badger charging in! He's coming to save the campaign! And completely upgrading the campaign with new bid optimizations. Michael! The ad badger is completely pulverizing the vicious, unprofitable search terms. The ad badger has proven himself victorious once again, and he will go on to fight and defend more Amazon campaigns here in the savannah for many years to come. What's going on, Badger Nation? It's Mike and Steven from Ad Badger, and you are listening to the AMZ PPC Den podcast, the world's first Amazon PPC advertising podcast and your source for all the tips, tricks, and optimization strategies you need to get the most from your Amazon ads. And you guys can find all of our episodes, show notes, and links at adbadger.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, Badger Nation? It's Mike here. It's a wonderful day and if anyone's watching this on youtube i just got this new light set up in my home office i'm digging it just moved out of the office just moved into an awesome your awesome nice, home office your nice ring light i do not have a ring light i have this little uh little desk <laughs> little desk lamp with yes chain. yes people might not know we also publish this on youtube um where we actually record ourselves every single week on the show and This topic that we are about to talk about today is, I think, one of the most fundamental marketing, paid traffic marketing topics that everyone should know about. And I wanted to revisit it early in the year. RPSB stands for Research, Peel, Stick, and Block. Uh, We've referenced this a lot over the last year. I think it was way back in episode maybe five or six or something where we sort of laid it all out. And we have some videos on it where we went into detail. What we wanted to do in this episode was A, quickly refresh that, uh, the whole concept of search term graduation. And then two, talk about how and if it's changed in 2020 so that we can stay ahead of the curve ahead of our competition uh, and be sure we're taking advantage of everything that's out there. I'm trying to optimize accounts, Stephen. Yeah, we've heard a little bit of pushback too uh, on this concept of RPSB, uh, which has definitely caused us to have a lot of 
you know, internal conversations about it. Um, so yeah, well, we're, that's kind of what this episode's going to be too, is, is kind of sharing um, our thoughts, how we think it can be improved, what we think is just timeless and uh, shouldn't change. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So at its core, you know, RPSB, Research Peel Stick and Block, is essentially the concept of search term graduation, meaning... I mean, to revisit the fundamentals, you have keywords, the things that you bid on, and then you have search terms, the things that you appear for. And, you know, in the case of a phrase match keyword, you know, you could be bidding on a phrase match keyword jump rope and then show up for search terms like men's jump rope or women's jump rope. Pretty straightforward there. Um, So the concept is if you're showing up for a lot of different search terms, you want to be in control of you know, your bids. You want to be in control of how you're bidding for all of those different search terms. So you need some kind of process to take those search terms, which are generally controlled by one keyword bid or one auto campaign bid, where you're showing up for lots of different things. And the problem with that is that's one bid for potentially dozens or hundreds of different search terms. And, you know, we're sort of getting ahead of ourselves. We're jumping right in here. Um, But basically the concept is cast a wide net, find what works, take what works, and then graduate it to give it more time in the spotlight. So let's quickly, quickly break down RPSB, Research Peel, Stick and Block, this keyword research strategy that comes directly from your account. It uses real data from your account as opposed to maybe a, a search tool or something like that, a keyword research tool which can sort of give you approximations. This is real data from your account. So the RPSB, um, the research appeal sticking block. So Stephen, walk us through a little bit about what the R, the research means inside an Amazon advertising account. Yeah, so research peel stick block, it is a four-step process. Um, The R, the research, is really just kind of the best way to do, at least in my opinion, the best way to do market research Rather than using a keyword tool that basically will scan your ASIN or an ASIN, uh, pull up basically just a bunch of like search terms or keywords that could be relevant, mm-hmm. uh, you're really just kind of, it's not a bad way to start. Uh, it's it's definitely, I mean, a place to start. But it Amazon's is a gonna, type of research. Yeah, but Amazon's going to do the same thing. I mean, they're going to scan your product listing uh basically just compare the the keywords in your product listing to search terms that are coming through and determine relevancy from there. So we can have an entire uh, episode probably about, you know, doing internal keyword research, just like with your auto campaign or your broad and your phrase or your category bidding in your product targeting ad groups versus using a keyword research tool. mm -hmm. You know, there's definitely merits and pros and cons to both, um, but what I always like to say is when you're even using those keyword research tools, you know, I, I literally just said it like that's another type of research that we're doing that you still need to go through this process of search term graduation. Uh, I think it's right. really I think it's really harmful for accounts. Uh, I see this a lot with newer advertisers. They'll go to a keyword research tool. They'll grab those keywords and then they will drop them in their account and then get frustrated when all of them don't convert. It's like, that's a form of research. You're testing all those keywords that you're grabbing. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they're going to convert yet. You don't know if Amazon's going to like you for those things. So there's right. this active research. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I personally like just running the auto campaign and starting with that because it's fast, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon's going to, you're, you know, you're putting a lot of faith in Amazon's own database and algorithms. Um, and then, yeah, so you let that run for, you know, a week, usually two weeks. And then what you would do after that is you would peel out. That's the second part of the process. You would peel out every search term that earned you a conversion. Then you would stick it, that's the third part, into a manual campaign with exact match keywords. And then uh, and I'll, like a secondary step to sticking it is you can also create a separate ad group with uh, broad and phrase match keywords and, and stick the same converting search terms in there. And then the fourth and final step is block. And what that is, is to go back to the source campaign where the search terms came from and add them as negative keywords. So Mike, what's the purpose of that final step, that block? Right, so if you think about it, you know, in that research phase, whether it's an auto campaign, whether it's a broad or a phrase, you know, that's one bid that you're giving to an auto target. So it's either close match, loose match, substitute or complement that triggered that search term. Now your close match had one bid and your loose match had one bid, but it showed up for dozens and dozens, potentially hundreds of different searches. So what does that mean? That means all of those different searches all have the exact same bid. And what search term graduation does is it sort of looks at all those different things that you look that you showed up for, got clicks for, and you're peeling one out and you're saying, look, this one got a conversion. It's more valuable than the average. So I'm going to take this, I'm going to stick it somewhere else, and I'm going to bid the right amount for what that's worth. And, you know, to be honest, when you do that auto campaign, you know, when you do a broader phrase, what you end up bidding is the average for everything that you appeared for. So literally by definition, every single thing you appear for in your close match, you're bidding on the average of all those things. So if you're doing bid optimization on a broader phrase, if you're doing bid optimization on a category where you're targeting loads of different things, or if you're doing bid optimization in an, on an auto target, what you're literally optimizing for, not the individual search term that you're appearing for, it's actually the average of all those things. So you're saying, well, on average, the close match in my auto target will behave this way, I'm gonna give it this bid. But if you wanna refine down, you need to peel out those searches. You need to stick them as an exact match or a product target. That way you could bid the right amount for them. And it was a pretty long-winded way of basically saying, you wanna bid exactly what things are worth, and when you have an auto campaign or broad or phrase or category, whatever it might be, you're bidding on the average of everything. Yeah, it is just really hard to optimize bids on broad match keywords, phrase match, auto campaigns, mm-hmm. because you are actually bidding on multiple, multiple searches, search terms right. that could each have a different performance. Right. Uh, we actually did a, uh, an episode that I think is really insightful. Uh, at least I personally thought it was. Uh, on, <laughs> Were you in it? <laughs> uh, I was, but it, it's. Uh, I mean, I learned a lot from making the episode. Is, is I guess why I'm saying. Have you that. heard about this? Have you heard about this new podcast, the PBC Den? It's great. No, I haven't, but I'll check it up later. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the episode was titled something like "How lo- Why Lowering Your Bids Might Increase Your ACOS." Right. Um, and that usually happens with broad match keywords or auto auto campaigns, where when you lower your bids, you only took yourself out of the race of every search term that was converting for you, that was getting you sales, but had higher CPCs because it was more competitive, but like those were the, the the breadwinners. And now you're only competing in 
the less relevant searches that are that are not doing well. So that's so that's an issue with with running broad phrase auto. Right. Um, and, I want to say too, uh, not to interrupt, but I want to say too, that's not a that's not a knock on broad phrase auto category. Like those things aren't bad, but I feel like we just need to know that they're the purpose of those things are for research. So mm -hmm. like when we sign up for it, the goal of an auto is to go and find converting things for us. Like go out there and do this hard work. And eventually we're gonna like graduate these search terms, we're gonna peel stick them so that we can find them and bid the right amount. So yeah, you know, some some people think auto is a bad word or like, but it's like a fantastic way to do research. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, you're you're good. Um, but that being said, uh, I mean, I know in the past we've we've talked about in the in a perfect world, every single keyword in your account would be just an exact match, and you'd right. have thousands and thousands of exact match with with every single keyword, perfectly calculated uh, for right. the bid based on what the search term is. But we there is a new kind of alternative strategy to the RPSB. And with that, I think we should transition to what this new variation is. Yes. So it's 2020. And I think one of the most popular variants to this strategy, and you know, I have my own opinion on it. Uh, I think there's pros and cons to it, is simply RPS. So that means research, peel, stick. So you're still running that auto or broader phrase or category, you're still running that. You're peeling out the things that convert. You're sticking into a new exact match, but you do not go back and block it from the source ad group. And this is pretty popular. You know, people I know and respect do it this way. And, you know, they do it for some reasons. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think one of the biggest ones is they don't want their research ad group to be like wither away. Like they don't want it so that, oh, you know, if I if my auto campaign is performing well, I don't want to like take out everything that converts in it and then be left with this withered away dry ad group that is sending signals that this ad group never converts at all. And I think that's a really interesting, th this falls into the category of sort of superstitious PPC or sort of conspiracy theories where it, it's kind of, it kind of doesn't make logical sense. Like keyword graduation makes pretty good sense. Like you're taking it, you're, you're graduating it from an auto into an exact, and then you're going to bid the right amount. And the auto is still going to do the thing, but now you have negative keywords in there. So it's going to just find other things. And you know, it's not like you'll be penalized for it. Um, so from a sort of a logical perspective, like that makes sense to me. Um, I guess anecdotally, maybe my friends that do this sometimes see that. And I think it's an interesting thought. What is your thought on that, Stephen? I think I've, what I've heard from a few people too is that they have a, they have a and this goes back to conspiracy theories, um, which we now actually have a category uh, for conspiracy theories or a topic discussion going on in the forum uh, where people can, can discuss this kind of stuff. But um, what a lot of people are saying is that, say just the search term, I don't know, uh, coffee mug, um, has been converting and performing really well in this auto campaign. And I guess people have said that they've seen when they create a new campaign and stick it in as a manual exact, 
that it does not get the same level of performance that it was getting in the auto campaign. Maybe and it's so got they, higher CPCs. Yeah. So, so there's a few things that you, I definitely want to like a few questions I want to ask and, and consider here. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the reason why some people will drop the B section of RPSB is because they believe that Amazon is giving like preferential treatment to this campaign for that search term because it has a history and mm-hmm. that Amazon will not award impressions to the exact same search in, with an exact keyword if that were in a different campaign mm-hmm. is, is the theory. I personally have not really seen that happen. Um, I also haven't been looking for it either. Like I haven't actually been like watching that, but like I have not like at least noticed that issue popping up for myself yet. So right. I think one way, I think another concern that people have is the fact that, hey, this auto has a lot of history. And if I like go and peel this out and stick it into a brand new ad group, that ad group is brand new. It's going to take time for it to generate history and it's going to take time to generate momentum. And again, it's another one of these things that Amazon doesn't explicitly say, sort of like an account quality score or a campaign quality score that, and just a keyword quality score that doesn't really get listed. Um, like Facebook lists a quality score or I'm sorry, Facebook lists a relevant score or Google uh, lists a quality score. So I think it's it's kind of interesting. And, and one way sort of going around that is to almost postpone the B. So you do research peel stick and then maybe you wait for the new one to start getting a few conversions before you actually drop the negative exact in the source ad group. I think that's an interesting approach, you know, letting the new ad group generate some momentum. It's a pretty interesting idea. Um, I would, I prefer that over the not blocking it at all. Um, Because again, if you have a search term that converted in the auto and you're peeling it out and you're sticking it into a manual exact, uh, if it has a bigger bid, theoretically, it should always be triggered in there anyway. It should be triggered in the new spot anyway and not go back to the first one, to its source ad group, because the bid is bigger in the other one. Um, but if you are converting like lower than average, you would want to give it a lower bid in your exact. And if it's a lower bid than what your auto is, then theoretically your auto will always grab the impressions so that mm-hmm. your manual exact will never actually get off the ground because you gave it a lower bid than it had in the auto. So there's some interesting things there to think about, you know, whether or not the B for block is advantageous or not. Um, I would love to hear from listeners um, if they've experienced anything like that. Um, in in general, I'm a believer. Uh, RPSB it allows you to bid the right amount for all the graduations, like the search terms that you're graduating over to exact. I like it. So your your final verdict on the RPS strategy? RPS, I think I'm okay with postponing the B. Uh, I don't personally, if, I, if, you know, if I'm managing an account, I won't postpone the B, I'll block it right away. So I guess what I'm saying is I prefer not to do RPS. I like to do RPSB. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, One other thing I do like about the B is it solves an issue that you were touching on there, Mike, but keyword cannibalization. Yeah. We're essentially, um, so everybody knows, I mean, I think everybody knows, I hear a lot of people talking about this, 
but Amazon says that like your campaigns will not compete against each other. Um, right. Me, but what they mean by that is that your campaign will not cause your other campaign CPCs to increase. So like if mm-hmm. if you are the highest bidder at three bucks, um, and the next guy's at two, if you have two right. campaigns bidding three bucks, you're not going to spend three bucks. Yes. Because of you that. get one entry into the auction. You get one entry into the auction, but but here's the thing. You can only have your ASIN, your your sponsored product, can only get one placement on the page. Amazon's not going to let there be like, because you have 50 campaigns, your product show up 50 times all over the search page. That's annoying to the shopper. So your ASIN only gets one placement on the page. Mm-hmm. Now, if the price, let's just say for like the top of the search is, we'll just say it's a dollar and you did RPS and you calculated, oh, this bid is worth 50 cents. I'll keep it at 50. But if your auto campaign was bidding a dollar, then you might, Amazon would, would you know, yep. rather than give you the 50 cent location at the bottom of the page, they'll give you the dollar location at the top of the page. And now you are unoptimized uh, yeah. for your click there. So, so that's keyword cannibalization um, where, I mean, I guess a better example would be if, if you had a different campaign with a broad match keyword, it's still qualifying for the exact search. Um, so yeah, so your, your campaigns are competing in that sense. And so the B solves it there. Uh, it allows you to quarantine your spend on the exact match keywords and really isolate them so that you're, they're not getting uh, their impressions stolen from somewhere else. That's right. And in the, in the example that you gave, you know, if you had a, a goal of an ACOS, you know, a particular ACOS, you're trying to lower your ACOS, you're trying to get your ACOS in an acceptable range. In that exists in that situation that you gave where you value a keyword at 50 cents, because that's you know how it converts and that your that's your target ACOS, and you still have it somewhere else bidding a dollar, you're never gonna get to where you want to get because that's literally twice the bid that you want. So you, your costs are always gonna be higher than you want for that particular search. So the B allows you to sort of funnel your search terms where you want them to go. Which brings us to what are the the I want to say the, the the prickly part of RPSB. Let's jump into it. And that prickly part is they cannot negative ASIN in auto campaigns. Still, 2020 can't do it. Yeah. So so far, really quickly, um, we've defended RPSB, and the rest of the show <laughs> is going to be how we might tweak it. Right. Um, some kind of revisions to it. This is the 2.0 version of RPSB. Uh, yeah, continue, Mike. Yeah. Um, so basically, in that situation that we just described, where you know you found a, in this case, a product impression. So you got a product click. So you were a suggested product under someone else's listing. You found that ASIN. You took that ASIN, you put it into a manual ASIN targeted ad group. You gave it a 50 cent bid, but if your auto still has a dollar, it's very likely that that auto is going to grab that click at a dollar as opposed to your manual product targeting for uh, 50 cents, which means exactly what I said earlier, that your bids are going to be a little wonky for that particular product. So with searches, with like with actual keywords, like things that people search, that's very easy. You add a negative exact and you block it. However, you cannot negative ASIN in an auto ad group, which is one of the, I want to say biggest oversights from Amazon is one of the most frustrating things and that's tough. So how do we get around this? 
I have seen more and more people turn off actually substitutions and compliments in their auto campaign. So, you know, you have four auto targets, close and loose. Those are related to searches and then substitutions and compliments. Those are the suggested products at the bottom of a product detail page that say, you know, sponsor products related to this item. Those are substitutions or compliments. So what this means is that they will turn off all substitutions, all compliments, and instead go with a category approach in a manual ad group where they're bidding on the entire category, unrefined to get ASIN impressions over there because in manual, <laughs> this is a mouthful, in manual product targeting ad groups, you can do negative ASINs. And that allows them, again, all those benefits of keyword of search term graduation, they're doing basically product target graduation and they're able to negative ASIN because it's a manual product targeting ad group. Whew, Steven, that was a lot of words. How'd I do? I just want to clarify one thing. Um, we're talking specifically about targeting. So when, when we're talking about substitutes and compliments, those are product targeting. So you can have you can either target keywords or which would be you know relevant to search terms, or you can target actual products themselves, whether it's a competitor or it's just a complementary complementary product. Um, you can have so the RPSB kind of applies in two ways with keywords or with ASINs. Uh, we like the idea of you know, having two separate campaigns, one that's keyword targeting, one that's ASIN targeting, if you're gonna set that up. And yes, we would take from an auto campaign, because an auto campaign actually targets both, the concept would be in your search term report, filter out for ASINs, filter out for search terms, um, take those converting ASINs and converting search terms and stick them in the manual campaigns and then block them from the source auto. and. Yeah, just to recap what Mike said, you can't actually add a negative ASIN to an auto campaign yet. We're hoping Amazon will fix that. Um, so the strategy would be to do a category targeting campaign, which is basically like a, like a, you could think of it as like a broad match product targeting campaign where you pick a category, maybe it's kitchen household supplies is the category um, that you're in and let it run there. And then yes, you can com complete the RPSB. Right. You know, this is pretty interesting. Um, it's, you know, on the surface, it makes pretty good sense. The fact that you can do RPSB with this manual product targeting ad group, you know, target the category. If you get a conversion, graduate it up somewhere else and bid specifically on that ASIN. So you can bid based off that true performance. And then you go back and you negative ASIN in that ad group. Pretty straightforward. Um, what I've seen is that the category targeting sometimes has higher cost per clicks than auto. And again, it's, it's one of these things where it's difficult to know why, and it involves extra steps. Like we can't just look at CPCs on a category targeting and then CPCs in an auto ad group because you, know, you wanna know exactly what is contributing to the CPC in that auto ad group. So the, the truest comparison, so I suggest people that actually test this, uh, the truest comparison is to look at category targeting and compare that to you know the close match and the substitutions, I'm sorry, the uh, substitutions and the compliments 
compare those two things and see how the CPCs compare. Uh, if it is dramatically different, meaning if your category clicks are a lot more expensive, then that could be an argument to actually turn off the category sort of broad targeting and then only run it and then turn back on those substitutions and complements inside the auto and sort of do it that way. Yeah, so that is the first sort of revision to the RPSB. The second revision to the RPSB actually comes um, back to a very fundamental part of it, which is the criteria for search term to keyword graduation. Mm -hmm. I believe in the past, um, we said we, I think we intentionally made it a little bit elementary just to kind of be easy for people to just grasp the concept of it. Right. Um, but we said anything that was a converting search term, meaning, you know, had at least one sale, take it, stick it in uh, to your manual campaign and run with it. Right. Couple reasons why that is an issue. Um, number one, sometimes something just converts by pure coincidence. I mean, maybe right. it's Christmas time and your ad was in a very irrelevant place. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. but for some reason, by pure coincidence, someone thought, oh, my husband would like that. And so they bought it and now you've got a converting search term that you're trying to target. Um, I mean, you're, you're trying to sell a, a Bose Bluetooth speaker and someone was shopping for kitchen knives and <laughs> right. you, somehow you showed up there because of Amazon's weird, uh, mm. auto campaign thing Th through there. Those are like search. Those are like conversions that have been sprinkled with fairy dust. Like they're just magical. Like they yeah. nonsensical conversions were like, this would have never worked if you try to do this time and time again. Right. So I always like to give my converting search terms a once over, just look at them and see if anything sticks out and catches my eye. Uh, then I won't. The other strategy that people can employ that I've heard people doing is they wait for at least two conversions. Right. Meaning, you know, it's, it's definitely, there's, there's definitely an audience there that's searching mm -hmm. for this and finding it. Um, so that will drastically cut down how many converting search terms you are pulling over into your, into your manual campaigns. But it is also guaranteeing that uh, you just have really high quality keywords there that, that you're pulling in. Um, couple other criteria that I'll throw out there super quickly. Uh, I like to use these where I, I like to see at least 10 clicks in the last 30 days. So I'll download a search report for 30 days. I won't just take everything with every with just one conversion. I'll take everything with a conversion and 10 clicks. And the strategy there is it's really, really difficult to optimize bids on low data. So if you have, say you had a thing, it was a very, very long tail keyword. It was uh, like LeBron James basketball t-shirt for boys age seven. And then that search will probably never be searched again. Uh, I mean, just imagine it's longer tail than that because maybe that would get searched again. Mm -hmm. um, so you have that one click, that one conversion, you pull that over, it might not get searched again. So now you're just trying to optimize the bids and it's not getting impressions and you think, oh, I should increase the bids to get more traffic, but that's not working because nobody's searching for it. So I like to take something that has at least 10 clicks in the last 30 days and at least one sale because that's going to be uh, significantly more easier to optimize, to do our bid calculations that we've talked about on other episodes. And another thing, maybe you don't go with 10 clicks, maybe you go with 50 impressions. Either of those work for me, uh, at least 50 impressions in the last 30 days or at least 10 clicks in the last 30 days. And then anything else that is converting but only has one, one impression, one click, one sale, I say let your phrase match, your broad match keywords pick up those uncommon searches 
uh, and then you can optimize the bids on your phrase and broad match and let them get the longer tail, less traffic ones, but then really you can uh, focus your firing power on your exact matches. Right. I like the idea of, of sort of, so I like the idea of keeping the bar very low. So like anything that converts, just boom, send it over. And that's a really easy way to sort of first tell people about this concept, but you're absolutely right. There's plenty of situations where it's like, maybe we should have waited till two conversions so that we know that it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't these one, like one-off weird, crazy searches. Um, because if you think of it that way, you know, if something has a hundred percent conversion rate right out of the gate, one click, one conversion, it's true conversion rate might be five percent so what might happen that's like one conversion every 20 clicks so if you're going from a hundred percent conversion rate you drag it over your peel stick and block it now all of a sudden you're bidding on it and you're bidding on it and you know five clicks 10 clicks 15 clicks go by all you've done so far is actually raise the a cost in your exact match winner circle and you're looking at it and you're like what is going on with this all i'm doing is like hurting my a cost in this ad group well actually it's because that's just the true conversion rate for this keyword. Uh, it converts at 5%, which means you probably have to wait, you know, 19, 20 or so clicks in order for it to convert. So that's one consideration to keep in mind. If you give it, if you raise the bar and you say, I'm only going to move things over to an exact match winner circle when it's got two conversions, or like you said, maybe 10 clicks in 30 days, or maybe at least 50 impressions, you, you're, you're adding more validity to the reason to RPSB it in the first place. So that's a really cool way to sort of circumvent any of this low data, which brings us to our next point, bidding on these items that we are RPSBing. Yeah, so our bidding strategy, which we have seen work, I mean, there's a lot of different strategies you could employ for bidding, but something that we think is tried and true, we see tons of really good results on this, uh, but you take your revenue per click, multiply that by your target A cost percentage, and that will give you what your target cost per click should be in order to hit that target A cost. Uh, so a lot of people, when they first are doing this RPSB, what they'll do is they'll just take their search terms, stick it in their manual, and then just say, apply suggested bid and start with Amazon suggested bid and go from there. But keep in mind, when you download a 30-day search term report, you already have lots of good data at your disposal there for how many uh, sales did you get from this keyword? How many clicks did it take to get said sales? And so you can calculate your revenue per click right there. So what I sometimes do is all like in the search term report, uh, you know, I take all my converting search terms or whatever. I'll just add another column that just says bid. And I just divide my sales by my clicks and multiply that by whatever the target A cost is. And then you have a whole column filled out with what the bids should be for those exact searches based on, again, their performance, their, their history, their data. And then you have a really good start. And then if you're into uh, you know bulk uploads, you can just upload that and it's faster than having to type in uh, all those bids again manually. But uh, if you prefer to just work in you know Campaign Manager and Seller Central or Vendor Central, yeah, you can just type in the bids as well. You already got the math done for you and, and you'll, you'll be ahead of the game. That's right. So yeah, so the RPSB, you don't have to lose any data as you do this. You know, you can keep that search term data and apply it to your new bids. Save some time there. Save, shorten that learning process for that exact match. And it'll help you avoid some frustration as you're looking at that exact match, you know, frustrated or something like that. Uh, another cool. revision, yeah, another revision that I would make to the RPSB that uh, I guess this one's an, an addition in this case. 
when if you do a big B, if you do a big blocking session where uh, you know, say you've you've never actually blocked from your auto campaigns, everything that you're doing, and and I've seen people do this. They'll just take, uh, you know, they'll take a targeting report, take all of their exact match keywords, and then just add those as negatives to all of your auto campaigns and call it a day. And that just that just guarantees that that traffic will be redirected to the manual campaign. Oh, that's the other that's the other big benefit of of reducing keyword cannibalization um, by blocking and you know moving all traffic to your manual campaigns. Now you will have more data on those manual keywords so you can be even more calibrated with bidding and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So that's another big benefit. But when you just, you know, go do a, a big B move and you block out like, we'll just say a thousand like search terms uh, from your auto campaigns with negative keywords, maybe those were all the ones that were like getting you sales, you know, or like, oh yeah, say, say you just started this. Say you've only been running auto campaigns, you have thousands of converting search terms, you stick them in a manual and block them off from the auto. Well, you basically just killed your auto campaign and every single thing that was earning at sales. And so now it's only targeting the things that weren't earning sales up until this, this point. And so you could pretty much guarantee that that uh, campaign is not going to perform at the same level. So I always suggest lowering your bids from the source campaign after you do uh, uh, after you add a ton of negative keywords for all the converting search terms. And that's basically to just put the campaign into a just to limit its spend as it's doing market research for you. Right. Because, uh, yeah. Which, which is the goal of all of this. Like, we want our autos and our broads and our phrase and our category targeting. We want all of those things to be low-cost research. Uh, like, that's the goal that we're after. So if you do have an auto campaign that's converting, like, gangbusters, and it's got a, such a great A cost and all these good things, that's terrific. But by definition, every single one of those clicks that you're getting is based off the average of all of their performance. So like technically it's the wrong click for each individual, is the wrong bid for each individual item. So by doing the RPSB, we are now bidding the correct amount for all of those things, which again allows us to do low cost research. You know, in that same example where you have an auto campaign doing fantastic, so you give it a nice big fat bid, well, guess what? Like not everything you're appearing for in that auto is converting. So you're actually right. giving a big bid to all of that research, uh, mm -hmm. which means you're giving a big bid to all that untested work. You know, mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to do when I'm auditing a campaign is to actually open it up, download a search term report, and then literally filter out for like zero revenue and just see what percentage of dollars in the account is being spent on items that have not converted and like grab that number. I call it like wasted spend. And, you know, we shouldn't expect a, an account to have $0 wasted spend. That means no research and we're not trying anything. We're not testing anything. That means like everything is exact match. And we don't necessarily want that, but what we don't want is like 50 or 60% of our spend going towards research. So a way to sort of keep it low cost research is to give it a tiny bid. I love this topic. So, <laughs> so, so I know that I'm, I'm saying mouthfuls every time, but like this whole concept, I think it's actually like one of the most elegant concepts of like, we're casting a wide net. How do we cast a net as wide as possible that will find as many potentially converting terms for us for as inexpensive as possible? The way to do that is to peel them out and only bid a low price for all of those research. Like that's what we're looking for. Yeah, and that brings us to another topic that is very pertinent to RPSB, which is the keyword dumping strategy. 
which applies to two, I think there's two concepts within keyword dumping. Number one is that we already said earlier on this episode, um, just using a keyword research tool, taking everything and just throwing it in with without any you know actual, I guess, like human thought going into it. The second yeah. thing is we used to call it the crowded ad group phenomenon or the, the crowded watering hole phenomenon, which was when you have too many keywords in an ad group, they start Amazon like just ignores like 20% of them and just serves impressions to the top 80. Um, but it seems like that phenomenon has been getting better. I don't know, Mike, do you think Amazon fixed this issue? I actually don't see it getting better. <laughs> like we're talking about an ad group that has 50 keywords, like 100 keywords. I still see most frequently like only the top 20 get any meaningful amount of clicks. And then like mm. by the time you get to keyword number 50 in that list of 100, like the bottom 50 have like less than a dollar of ad spend. I still think key- keyword dumping is alive and well. I saw one example where there was an ad group with something like 180 keywords. And I want to say about 150 were getting Whoa. a significant amount of impressions. And so there were 30 there that were not... It. But but then you, the other question too is like, is that still an issue? Then why are the other thirty still not getting impressions? Maybe the issue still is there, or is there just no traffic for those keywords because they're very long tail or whatever? Um, so are you are you saying when RPSB when you're RPSBing right and you're you know you're going to you're peeling out the fiftieth term? We're talking about dividing those terms up into multiple ad groups. Yes. In, in the past, we multiple said- Multiple winner circle ad groups. Yes. We would say you shouldn't have more than 25 exact match keywords or, well, I mean, not even exact. You should have more than 25 keywords in an ad group because that that was the case before where we're like, you would have 50 uh, keywords in an ad group and we would see only half of them would get impressions. So we would take the ones that weren't getting impressions, put them in a new ad group, and then suddenly mm-hmm. they started getting impressions. So that was how we right. originally came up with the concept of the crowded ad group phenomenon. Um but what I'm saying now is that it seems like it's getting better that Amazon mm. will not be so weird and will actually give all of the keywords or at least more of the keywords impressions. I'll concede. I, I, it's getting better, but I don't think it's fixed yet. Yeah. So definitely keep an eye on that. If, if you if, if you guys are seeing, yeah, just open up an ad group, filter out for everything that didn't get a search term in the last 30, 30 days. Use brand analytics on those keywords to see if they're you know, if they are like highly trafficked search terms and if they are like they're, they're getting searched uh, frequently, but you're not getting impressions, then yeah, you've probably got a, a crowded ad group on your hands. Yep. Yeah. So hopefully in uh, RPSB 2021, <laughs> you yeah. won't need to worry about making multiple ad groups when you do the RPSB. Mm-hmm. Tune in then. Uh, Steven, we've got one more tip here, which is bulk ops mastery. I feel like whenever we talk about bulk ops, it's like telling people to remember to do a stretch at the end of their workout or like yeah, be sure like to floss no, your teeth. Nobody, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> be sure to be sure to get your seven servings of vegetables every day. <laughs> um, so again, bulk ops, you know, if you are working with bulk ops, Stephen has some tips for you. I'll try to make this really fast, but if you're doing RPSB, never before has it been more important for your own time's sake to have a consistent naming system for all of your campaigns and ad groups. And here's what I mean. Um, 
if you've got single product campaigns, let's just say for example, your campaign should be titled, uh, it should be called pocket knife dash ASP for auto campaign, auto sponsor products dash, and then whatever your target ACUS is, we'll say 50. Your manual campaigns should be pocket knife dash MSP for manual sponsor products dash 50. Yes. And here's why that's, you will thank yourself if that is consistent, because say you have got multiple, multiple products, multiple, multiple campaigns, you've got all these autos, all these manuals. Here's what's so beautiful about that. When you download the search and report, you just copy and paste the campaign names for all of this that are like lined up with the search terms that you're moving over. You copy paste those onto a bulk operations upload template and you literally just change the A to M in all of those campaigns. Yeah. And then you're done. And then you're automatically- ASP to MSP. ASP to MSP with Excel, you just do like, like you do command F or control F and you just do find and replace and just say, find everything that's titled ASP, switch it to MSP. Um, same thing with your ad groups. If, if the namings are, are consistent, uh, it'll be really easy. And yeah, it, it's way faster than having to like double check what the campaigns are called and stuff like that. That's right. And even if you're not using bulk up files, Paying attention to naming systems is still so, so important, uh, especially you want to stay organized. You know, what is my winner circle, whoa, winner circle exact? You know, what is my ASP research, my automatic sponsor product research ad group? So when you label these things, and I mean, we can get into a, you know, down a rabbit hole of, hey, your research ad groups should have a different ACOS target than your exact match winner circle target because, you know, your exact match winners, those are steady converters, whereas the research is research, you're finding new converters. So there's a lot of considerations there. RPSB 2020 still works. Uh, having your research-based ad groups, you know, your auto, your broad phrase, uh, graduating the things that do convert, peeling them out, sticking them into an exact match version or a ASIN targeted version and then blocking them from the source ad group allows you to bid the right amount for all the things that convert in your account. And it allows you to lower the cost per clicks on all of your research-based ad groups. It's elegant. If you have questions on it, hit us up. We'd love to talk about it. Um, what are your final thoughts on RPSB in 2020, Stephen? My final thoughts are uh, I think this definitely warrants more discussion that would be wonderful to have in the forums. Yes. Uh, thank you everyone so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Have a good one and we'll see you inside the Badger Den. Hey everybody, it's Mike here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And as some of you may already know, the podcast isn't all that we do when it comes to Amazon. Uh, we actually spend the majority of our day working on building the best Amazon advertising tool we possibly can to help automate a lot of the concepts that we discuss during the show. Yep, and we appreciate you as listeners. We'd love your feedback about our app. Uh, and if you're interested in giving our free trial a shot, just head on over to adbadger.com slash podcast deal. That's adbadger.com slash podcast deal. Thank you so much for the support, guys. We really do appreciate you, and we'll see you next episode.